God bless you and welcome to the continuation of chapter 4, Living to God's Glory. And we are on section C. Uh, we're going to begin section C. Last week we finished uh, section uh, B. So, we will begin. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for, for, for being here with us. All for being here. Um, if you just saw a floating head, that was Jorge. God bless Jorge. But... Um, uh, we, I bless and, and I thank the Lord for this time, for this opportunity that He gives me just to be here, to share this class, to give this class. Um, and um, I'm just very thankful because we all need to be thankful because He is good. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So, let us begin with section C. Putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Now, this is going to have a lot of meaning. Putting off, putting on. And I'm going to tell you why. But, let us begin. If you can open up your Bibles on chapter 4. We're on chapter 4 of Ephesians. And, open up to verse 17. And we're going to read 17, 17 through 19. So, the Word of God says, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. So, I tell you this. And insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that it is them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sens sensitivity that they, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. Okay? So let us begin. So we go on to the character of the old man. And let us begin with that first word, therefore. Therefore, this means the connection not only with the glorious spiritual privileges laid in Ephesians 1, chapter 1, all the way to chapter 3, but also with the high call of a unified mature body as described in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. And we read this, and, we, and if you want to see section A, you can go back and watch it on our YouTube page or on our Facebook page. So, this is what it's talking about. First of all, we're going to deal with what is the old man, the character of the old man. And if you don't know, you're about to know, because I know if you've heard it before. I know if you've heard that term before, the old man. So we're going to talk about it right now. Right? Because of this high calling, we should walk, or in this case, live in a different way than the world around us does. There is a constant tendency for Christians to display to the world that we are really aren't so different after all. This is usually a mis misguided effort to gain the world's respect or approval. This must be resisted at all costs because the goal in itself is both undesirable and of a and unachievable. What does this mean? Well, it means that we as Christians shouldn't adopt what the world does. 
We shouldn't do what the world do. We shouldn't talk like the world talks. We shouldn't act like the world acts. We want, like it says right there, we are in a misguided effort to gain the world's approval and respect. That's no longer the issue. The world has never respected the church. They have never respected the gospel. So why, why are we as Christians in a constant effort? We have that constant tendency to gain or to receive or to have the world's respect. Clearly there's something wrong. Because because for nowadays Christians or churches are trying to be like the world. We're having a lot of shows in churches lately and we're not having services anymore. Everything's about entertaining rather than ministering. The church is not, again, the church is not a social club. The church is not a worldly place. The church is a hospital for sinners where they come to get cured, to get healed, to get at the antidote that only Jesus can give and we are that those catalysts that can help them or those factors that will lead them to that change. The principle, this principle of compromise can be illustrated by the exchange between a liberal scholar theologian and a Christian professor. The liberal agreed I'll call you a scholar if you call me a Christian. The trade isn't worth it at all because there will always be a disagreement. And we see that a lot. We see that in our churches. We see a lot of disagreements. We see, oh, call me a Christian. Please don't call me a Christian or call me a Christian here, but don't call me there. You can call me a follower of Christ here, but outside, I'm just a religious person. Right? So there's, there's, the trade isn't worth it. No longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. The Gentile walk is characterized by the futility of their minds, meaning the lesser of, or the immorality in their minds. In, in the end, their thinking is futile because their understanding is darkened, meaning that they're ignorant, because they, they, have, they themselves have alienated themselves or alienated from the life of God. Meaning they have separated. They are far away from having a life of God. How many Christians nowadays live like that? Their understanding is darkened. Their understanding is ignorant. And they have separated themselves from God. Think about that for, I don't know, a minute. Start to reflect on your own life. Is your understanding darkened? Is it covered in shadows? Is it covered in shrouds? That you're not seeing what is going out? What, what, what's, going, uh, what's surrounding you? What's, what's going around in the world? 
have because if you don't understand what's going on then you're basically separated from the, a life of God from the life that God wants you to have you've ba basically alienated yourself away from that life so if you or your understanding is ignorant and darkened then you're not seeing the light this is not to say that man, the man in his rebellion against God is not capable of mighty intellectual achievements. Not all men are ignorant. Yes, they can achieve. Men are smart and women too. All human beings, let me I, I just rephrase it, are capable of achieving many things. But we're talking about a life that is separated from God. We're talking about a life of the old man, meaning of the old nature, meaning of someone who is not, ha, ha, does not know Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Instead, it is to say that all such achievements fall short of true wisdom. Because of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 Now, King Solomon wrote Proverbs. What did Solomon ask for? And it's right there. It's the last word of this slide. The last word of this slide. He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom. Why to reign? In order to know what to do, he asked God for wisdom. Now, Solomon can be the smartest guy in the Bible. We don't know how his, his IQ was. We, we don't know. But it says that his fame of being so smart, being so intellectual, being intelligent... Well, his fame reached all the way to Africa, where even the queen asked for a consul. He was smart that every single thing, every single aspect was designed perfectly. But as a, but as a man, he made his mistakes. He had mistakes. But there it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what, it, what, what are we talking about here? We cannot be like the world. We cannot walk as we used to be without Christ. Don't try. Don't try to fall or, or to be like the world. Because you will never achieve anything. Stop trying to talk like them. Stop trying to act like them. It's imp you can't do that. Why? Because your understanding will be darkened. You li will live separated from the life of God and it will be futile. Right?
So what does futility mean according to Vaughn? The thought is not that ungenerated minds are empty. It is that they are filled with things that lead to nothing. So it's futile. It will lead nowhere. Basically, if I put it in, a, in a, an example, you might be here, but your mind is somewhere else. It has wandered off. You're thinking about nothing. Even though you say you're thinking about something. You're still thinking about nothing. That's what it is. As Christians, we have a proper way and place to walk. It is as if Jesus turned us around and put us in the right direction. And now we have to walk and progress in that direction. That's what it is. He has turned our lives, given us a 360 you know, turn and turned us into the right direction or 180 or I'm sorry, I'm not good at math. I'm not good with degrees. So he has just turned us around from where we have headed and pointed us into in the right direction. 180. Thank you. 180 into the right direction. That's basically what he has done. Right? Because of the blindness, blindness of their hearts. Or because of the hardening of their hearts. Fundamentally, the ignorance and lack of understanding of man is a heart problem. It is shown not only in a foolish denial of God, but also in his moral failures. La licentiousness, I can't pronounce that word. <laughs> licentiousness. That's a new word I, uh, I know. Thank you, Jorge. Licentiousness. Licentiousness. Okay. Unc uncleanness and greediness. Uh, words. <laughs> the Gentiles, Paul speaks, uh, uh, of were either, were either atheists or they believed in gods who were themselves immoral. Yes, uh, the Greek culture were polytheists and some of them were atheists. So, but they still believed in something. They still believed in, in, in immoral gods even though they were atheists. Therefore, in their denial of the true God, they denied the stand, any standard of morality as they must answer to. Yeah, we see that a lot. Specifically in our times now. Immorality has become a normality. Being immoral is now normal. We see that all over the world. Things that we never thought were going to be... Things that are immoral are now normal. Things that we say, no... That is bad. Now, we call it good. So, I'll leave that to you. Parents, what are your children learning? What are they watching? Because TV nowadays, advertisements nowadays, are now sexualized. 
they produce asexualized content. Now foul language is a normality, not, not only here in the United States, but around the world. Foul language or bad words. Bulgar uh, words and, and profanity. That's what it is. Now it's normal. You hear it all over the place, even on TV, even on on, on news channels. You 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 hear politicians use it all the time. They're lying now. So lying is bad, but lying is good now. So a lot of immoral things have become a normality. So they have denied the standard of God's moral code and they have turned it around and made it into their own standards. Past feeling has the idea of one's skin becoming callous and no longer sensitive to pain. It is the logical result of the blindness or the hardening of their heart. Blindness can also be understood here as hardening. In the ancient Greek word, it's used medically to denote the callous form when a bone has been fractured and reset. Such callous is even harder than the bone itself. What is telling us that, you know, the hardening of the heart, the blindness of your heart, the more sin you make it, the more, hard, the more uh, uh, involved in sin you are, and the more you fail, and the more you become accustomed to that, will harden your heart even more. And it will take a huge hammer to break it. It will take a, like a bulldozer actually to break. So a lot of hearts, and, it, and if we're speaking frankly, a lot of people's hearts have hardened over this past year. COVID has done its job. A lot of Christians out there have grown cold. They have grown blind, gone blind. Their hearts are hardened because they got discouraged. They let the enemy take over. They let the enemy play around with them and they began to see other things that they, you know, that basically destroyed their faith. And they began to form calluses around their heart, which has hardened their heart. Licentiousness. Uh, oh, man. Licentiousness is sin that flaunts itself, throwing off all restraints and having no sense of shame or fear. Uncleanliness, uncleanness, sorry, 
is a broad, is a broad word mostly with with reference to sexual impropriety licentiousness there i said it right licentiousness that nowadays a lot of people have no shame basically they basically parade their sin to the public and they don't care whatsoever and yes we're seeing that in churches nowadays too I, I know of a lot of testimonies of a lot of pastors that have actually paraded their sin say oh I sinned but I'm still going with the Lord look at me I'm still serving God nothing has happened but they're still prisoners of their licentiousness. They're still prisoners of their sin. They're still prisoners of their shame. They're still unclean, but they haven't gone, you know, they, they're carrying that weight without even knowing they're carrying that weight. Barclay elaborates more on the Greek word aselgia, translated into licentiousness. And this is what Barclay means. The great characteristic of aselgia is this. The bad man usually tries to hide his sin, but the man who has aselgia in his soul does not care how much he shocks public opinion as long as he can gratify his desires. Meaning, he has no shame. He will gratify his own things. He will gratify his own desires just to keep going. He has no shame. He doesn't care about anybody's opinion. He just cares about himself. That's pretty much it. That is pretty much what licentiousness means. And that is something immoral that goes against the standard of God. That is what being in the old man is. And that's what Paul was trying to reach, was trying to tell the Ephesians. Don't live like this. You're no longer like this. Stop trying to be like them. You're no longer like them. Right? Let's go to verses 20 and 24. It says this. That, however, it is, is not the way of life you've learned. When you heard about Christ, you... Oh, that's pretty good. I, you, you just saw at the bottom the, the scripture. You were taught in Him in accor accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard for your former way of life to put your to put off your old self or the old man which is corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds put and to put on your new self or the new man created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness That's pretty good. <laughs> Putting on the new man. Now, put off the old man. Put on the new man. This has the same idea of putting off or and putting off a new set of clothes. 
The idea is to change into a different kind of conduct or attitude. Think of a prisoner who is released from prison but still wears his prison clothes and acts like a prisoner and not as a free man. The first thing to tell that person is that they should to put on some new clothes. Even as putting on different clothes will change the way you think about yourself and see yourself, even so putting a different conduct, conduct will start to change your attitude. This means that we shouldn't wait to feel like the new man before we put on the new man or the new self. Fundamentally, Paul says that, the Christ, that for the Christian, there must be a break with the past. Jesus isn't merely, uh, merely added to our old life. The old life dies and he becomes our new life. So you need to break away from your past. Stop carrying your past with you. Break away from your past. Leave it behind. The past is the past. That's what it means. All things are made new in Jesus. So why are you carrying old stuff? Right? You shouldn't be carrying your past in the path of G in the new path of Jesus because if God has made you new then what why are you carrying things from the past regrets of the past you shouldn't right <laughs> you have not learned you have not so learned Christ the repetition of this idea shows that putting on the new man as strong uh, has a strong aspect of learning and education to it you have heard and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Our Christian life must go beyond head knowledge, but uh, head knowledge, but it, it must absolutely include head knowledge and influence of whole uh, of our whole manner of thinking. This is just in the sense of knowing facts, but the ability to set our minds in the right things. This is fundamental to the Christian life that Christian growth can be described as the renewing of your minds. And we will stop right here. It is very important to begin to, to analyze that with our thinking, with our capability of thinking, with our ability to think, with our knowledge that we have, we cannot achieve heaven. It is important for us to note that we, we cannot walk in the path of God just with our own style of thinking. We need the Bible. The Bible is God's style of thinking. 
But another thing that we should note is that we cannot understand the Bible with this. We need the discernment of the Holy Spirit in order to understand what it's trying to tell us. So, with that being said, it is important for us to stop thinking. Stop thinking with our own minds and logic. The Word says, let your thoughts be my thoughts and let your ways be my ways. Stop using, stop trying to use your own logic in the ways of God. Use His logic in order to show you the way. Because the new man, the new self, uses his ways and his thoughts to do exactly what he needs to do. The old man used to think by themselves, they're like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. But the new self has a higher thinking. Only God can now think for this person. Only God, only God can think for you and I. And we must follow what He thinks. And what, what does He think about us? It's right in His Word. So with that being said, even though I had a little bit of uh, difficulty saying a little few words, you understood what I said today. I know that it, it might be a handful. I know that trying to understand what Paul was saying in the letter to Ephesians, in these verses that we just read, in these eight verses that, in this, um, my bad, seven verses that we read, I know it's tough to understand, but the understanding God gives it. The discernment God gives it. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us for uh, our, uh, our Women to Women class we'll, that will be, uh, will be aired on Friday. Also, we have a, fri a, a Friday Live that will be for our young people at 7 o'clock, also here in the local church. Don't forget that we will, we will have our uh, in-person class at 9 o'clock with Sister Rachel. And don't forget that we have our in-person ten o'clock uh, service here in the local church. But if you don't live in the San Diego area and you would like to watch our, our live stream, you can join us at San Diego New Life uh, on, on our channels, on YouTube, and on Facebook. So, with that being said, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for, be, for rejoicing with us. Thank you for, for, for just having a good time with me today. And... With that, God bless you, and I'll see you here next week.